0: Dating apps have become an increasingly popular way for scammers to lure their victims in under false pretenses. Unfortunately, the more we rely on the internet as a means to connect, the more vulnerable we become. Today I'll be sharing my own experience with a romance scammer. The characteristics that potentially made me a target and how to protect yourself if it happens to you. From Storic Media, you're listening to Codename Siren, a true crime podcast with Nina Hobson. Today I'm with my very dear friend Gita. She is my sounding board for my dating disasters. <laughs> and we kind of talk about the nightmare of being on a dating app and the dangers of it and and What a nightmare it actually is. When my kids were growing up and we were talking about the dangers of social media, and then it was Facebook, it wasn't even Instagram then. Mm -hmm. And it would be a case for me for a nightmare for my kids on a Sunday night. We sat down and I made them go through their Facebook account and they got 500 friends. Well, they were 12, 13, 14, whatever the age was. They didn't have 500 friends. So I would sit and say, okay, do you know this person? No right? Delete, delete, delete. And then obviously it's expanded, but the behavior and the dangers of a dating app are becoming, I think, even my small lifetime that I've had on those dating apps, it's becoming worse. There's such a disrespect and a disregard for people, but the, the scam is becoming more and more prevalent it's becoming more and more of a opportunity for people to make money and it's a full-time job. And if they're talking, you know, a scammer's talking to one person or a hundred people and 10% give up the money or whatever. Oh, yeah. it's, it's scary. And I mean, you've, you've been dating on and off on the dating app. And I mean, what's your expert? Cause I don't think I'm alone in my experiences. I think that I, I pick up very quickly when scams are happening. And then I kind of play the game a little bit,
1: to be fair. (laughs) You know, uh, I can't say I've had the best experience with online dating. So I I have a tendency to avoid it, right? But sometimes you gravitate back there because that's just kind of the way it's, it's done now, right? And I think maybe what has happened, you know, people used to date, used to be normal, have normal relationships. And then there was Tinder and there were some of these apps. It's, you know, it's like that weird... Anonymity of of the um, the internet, you know, people make comments on Instagram or Facebook posts and, that you would never say to someone in person. Obviously, I'm talking from a
0: an investigative kind of persona, and don't get me wrong, I'm also very normal. And you know, I I see the red flags and I ignore them at times because it's like you know the desire for it not to be a red flag or the desire for this time it will work out but i do pick up red flags i do pick up scammers i've never ever handed over any money at all and and you know i know that there's a lot of people who know that that's the wrong thing to do but they still do it mm-hmm. for you know people are playing with people's emotions and that's when it gets really dangerous for the for the target, because that's what they are when yeah, the scammers are involved. It's predatory,
1: right? I mean, yeah. It's like a predator exactly. prey
0: relationship. But I mean, I have mentioned briefly this guy that, and I fell hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know him very well, but he did all the typical love bombing. And I've had to learn a whole new dictionary being on these <laughs> apps. Um, but he did the love bombing and he was very attentive. In some ways, I think that the scammers are as good at picking your vulnerabilities as you are, to, or, or better than picking their scamming behaviors, but it became very clear very quickly. I think it was, a, it was only probably a week in when he told me that he had these business deals and he was in the industry, like most of the people on there, and um, he had a business deal and he'd already put however many hundreds of thousands into the business deal and he needed to find $10,000 within 24 hours or he was going to lose the deal. And he wanted me to give the money, you know, a week of knowing you.
1: It's and
0: insanity. It, but, and then I... Because I liked him and because he was attentive and because of all the other stuff, I mean, I never was going to give him the money, but I actually played him really well on that and told him I was going to give him the money, but he hadn't answered his phone. So therefore I would missed the opportunity. And then he became kind of not aggressive as in physically aggressive, but his tone changed and I still don't fully understand the term gaslighting, Mm -hmm. but it was, everything was wrong with me. And that in itself caused you to start to have second guess things. And then that kind of phase came and passed. And he, once he realized he wasn't going to get that, that $10,000, he sorted it out with his accountant and then he started to let names of various gang members that I could research into a conversation And it was kind of as a, it was a passive, aggressive, threatening kind of behavior. And again, he knew what I did for a job. So he knew that I would probably know who these people were, who he was associated with. And several times he would say, you know, my reputation, my name in the gang world is, you know, no one will touch me. And then the the next thing in normal kind of friendly conversation, he has another deal. He needs $5,000 this time. And it was, you know, if we're going to be partners for life, I've told you how much I feel about you. I've told you I want to be with you, but how can I be with you if you're not going to support me? I'm not asking for the money. I'm 30 day loan. Well, please, most of my clients do 30 day loans and never see $20 million again. So (laughs) um, he was very smart in the way that he did everything. It was very strategic. And then he asked me questions about scams. He told me that he had been scammed, that he'd given a lady $1,700 because he felt sorry for her. And the hindsight's a wonderful thing, but he actually showed me a picture of, he said, oh, I was talking to this girl and this was who she, she said she was. And this woman was in a bikini. She'd got, she was actually, the picture actually was of a porn star. Oh God. But then he allegedly sent her a message saying, if you are who you say you are, Hold up a sign saying hi Sam. So she sends his picture back. So he said, How did that happen? And I went, Well, it's edit. It's that's what happens. People can edit things and they can put pictures in. But then I caught his phone and there was a gallery, it was like a wanted gallery of different women. And it was like these are all the women that we're currently scamming. And then I caught his phone again and he was sending my picture. And it said, this is her. So when he saw that, he was like, oh, I'm just sending your picture out to my friends. And I was like, what, randomly? We're just sat together and you just taken a picture of me and sent it to your friend. Not like none of it was making any right. sense. And then um, I believe now from my research that he's part of a scamming organization. He asked me how long it would be for me as an investigator. Right on the first day, how long it would be for me as an investigator before I realized that somebody wasn't who they say they are. And I said, well, what is it for you? And he said, four weeks. And I said, that's about right because people can't be something they're not for much longer. Yeah, you
1: can't keep it up longer And it was
0: very clear that the scam was going to last for four weeks. And then when that didn't work, the investment time was done. If he hadn't achieved anything, he'd move on to the next one. Things about the family talking because I'm very open and mm-hmm. uh, about my kids and about what I do um, to a degree. And he used all the family stuff. You know, your friends would all get on with me. He did actually do the typical shit. I've left my wallet at home.
1: Oh, for God's sake!
0: I've got no fuel in my car. I need to get fuel in my car. He sent me. He sent me this picture. He needed some paint for a boat. But every time we were going on the boat, the boat trip got cancelled because he had these big business deals and he had to fund this money. And then when we, oh, I'm going to take you for dinner. And then, oh, I didn't get a chance to get changed. So we're not going to go to Nobu anymore. We'll just go to the Cheesecake Factory. Or actually, I'm so late now because of my work. um, I'll just come to yours and you cook dinner. And that's what happened. And I was very quick to realise that this was what he was doing, quick to realize who he was associated with. And I went actually to the the guys that helped me on the crime side, on the mm-hmm. inside out. I went to them and I said, can you check this person out and do the two gangs work together, the two notorious gangs? And they, I was told absolutely they do when it's a big scam. They'll work together until the wheel comes off and then they'll blame one or the other. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of very aware now of who he is and what he's doing. And it's it's really scary, but he needs to be confronted and stop because I'm the person I am and I can deal with that, but not everyone can.
1: The thing about... About that guy that just really blows me away is the elaborateness of it all, you know, to call a, a boat dealer and physically go look at boats and to be calling people on the phone and saying, hey, I'm here, you know, I mean, it, had to feel so real, right? And then those like little things he would do, right? Like when you know you were having a bad day, when when that um, colleague of yours was was killed, to rush right over, yep, right, and do the right thing—the thing you would want someone to do if they were legitimate and you were in a relationship with them. And that was very. I mean, I remember when you told me yeah. about that, and I, that was so touching. I thought, oh, what a great, yeah, what a great guy, you know. And that was the second I mean, time I that, saw him. That, 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 effort he put into creating this mirage, it's kind of frightening, actually.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, going and saying, oh, I'm buying a $2 million boat. Come look at it with me, which I did. And then I was telling friends and family, I was like, oh, my goodness, this boat that he was buying, blah, blah, blah. There was no intention of ever buying that. Yeah. Um, And then you can't get together five grand for this multi-million dollar film, business deal, whatever you're making. So none of it was making any sense. Right. So for his month of trying to scam me out of all of this money, he actually did not actually physically have to pay $1. So there was not even any investment. It was an investment in his time. Yeah. And for the four weeks that I knew him, and we were going to spend the weekends on the boat, and we were going to do stuff together – That never happened because there was always a drama with the family. And you can't argue that because he knows I'm family-orientated. So I'm not going to say, oh, you need to come see me instead of dealing with your adult children. And so that never happened. You know, when you look back, and and me, when I look back, it's, like you say, it was sophisticated.
1: It was. It was sophisticated, you know, and I, I really think, I haven't had such a horrible horror story myself. The worst thing for me in online dating is, you know, you meet someone and they're like 20 years older than, than you think they are, you know, they look like your grandfather, you know, because I'm a little gun shy on the, on the online dating. So I don't meet very many people because I'm, I'm just, I'm actually, I'm awkward, right? I'm awkward about it. I feel weird having a conversation with someone I don't even know. But, um, you know, I hear about these kind of predatory people and, you know, maybe they're women as well. So I, I hear about the men, maybe women do it too that they're looking for someone who's lonely, right? And they seem to have some sort of way of targeting people, you know, and I mean, this guy targeted wrong, right? Maybe he thought you were lonely and, you know, he did a lot of the right things, but you know, you actually have a really good support network. I have another friend who, I mean, again and again and again, so I don't know what she's doing that draws people to her, like what she's doing that's putting a target on her back, but constant, constant um, scams, you know, and uh, the the worst, you know, I heard of, uh, I mean, a man who was basically, he was homeless, you know, he was kind of couch surfing, he didn't live anywhere, and you wouldn't know it to look at him, he was fine, and love bombing, my new term, I learned from you, I mean, he was all about it, right, instantly, it was love at first sight, you know, he'd never met anyone like her, blah, 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 let's move in together, I mean, the, The dude wanted to move into her house. That was his whole goal. And, um, you know, as she started to catch on to it, she was having a hard time getting rid of him, right? Now you've invested in this relationship. He's in your house. You've introduced him to your children. And I mean, she ended up having to change all the locks one day when he wasn't there and, you know, ask her dad to come over and, and be at the house. But that has happened to her, and she's a successful woman, right? When maybe that's part of what puts a target on your back, right? right? That has happened to her things like that four or five times, and it's—I mean, it's astonishing that it, it just, even though it hasn't, I haven't had as negative experience as that. It makes you not want to go online, right? Right? It's—it just turns you off the whole experience completely. You—you you feel like you can't trust anybody and, and then I think that bleeds into offline relationships as well right
0: yeah and I and you know I do, for someone who does my job I do trust really quickly and what you're saying about your friend I think being a target so we tr- we have a persona on there that's the correct persona of who we are because you're a very successful businesswoman um I'm a businesswoman and you talk about your friend who was successful so my profile, because that's who I am and it's real, probably says to the scammer, this person is successful. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to scam somebody who hasn't got the capability or the financial ability to to pay them because they don't want to invest for four weeks and not be them. So they actually really genuinely target the people who look like they have money or or it comes across that they're successful Because there's no point in them doing so. That makes us more vulnerable. Our, you know, our success actually on the dating app, you you put it out there because you want to attract the person that, as a successful business mom- woman, you would like to be with. Right, um, and that's not necessarily the best. Way it works because then the scammers target you. So, I actually do believe that we as successful women are m- more vulnerable to a scam. Right. And also, you know, a businesswoman who's busy at work and has maybe, you know, put the last 10 years into her work. Or in our case, we've had our kids and we've had our ex husbands and we're at a different stage. Again, they see that maybe, oh, they do want to meet with somebody and they they are lonely and they have decided that work's not their whole world and their kids have moved on. So the scammers are very smart at picking up those kind of things that we as women probably don't even realize we're giving that vibe. For sure. I mean, I have a picture on my profile of me playing polo. Now, the reason that is, is because that's one of my hobbies. That's what I like doing. But in hindsight and realizing what's happened, that picture is probably the one picture that says this lady may have financial security because polo is expensive right and that may be the one thing that triggers a scammer to say okay well let's let's give her a go yeah and let's see
1: I that's probably true so my friend that has had all these horrible experiences has on her profile I own my own home in Mar Vista which is a nice area right and i said you have got to take that off of there like you've got to take right. <laughs> that off of there that seems like a good thing to say but maybe that's you know what is drawing people to you people who don't have a home and she said no but i like that she said like when i see it on somebody else's profile they own their own home or something like that that gives me some security right that that person right is independent right and and so i feel more like i want to go out with that person and i said Yes, but if you were homeless, you might (laughs) you might have a a different motive for going out with that person.
0: So I I hadn't been dating anyone, as you know, for a while, and I'd gone back on the app. And this is terrible, and I, I admit it to anyone who's listening. And please do absolutely the opposite of this, because. Me being me, I don't go by my own advice. You know, when I'm talking to you and I'll say, okay, we need to do this. You need to check him out. You need to do this. I'll do that, whatever, as I would any of my friends. Make sure you tell someone. Make sure we know where you are. Make sure we've got their contact details, blah, blah, blah. I didn't do any of that with this guy. And now I kind of question myself. Why Was there something in my gut that I didn't tell my friends about this guy to start with and we hadn't gone on a date and then i invited him to my house which was the most stupid thing that anyone can do but at this point i just felt so and you know i checked him out he had he had a webpage he had a business he had all the things that he said he had and then I invited him to my house because his work had stopped us going on dates. His work had stopped us going to restaurants and he came over to my house and I felt actually very comfortable with him. And I said to him, you're the first person that I've ever invited to my house without having dated. But we spoke the first week, we spoke for three hours pretty much every night. And that's also a huge issue. You talk to people and you emotionally build a relationship with them but it's not a relationship but in your head and you're, right. you're like oh I really like this person but in reality you don't know this person and I kind of felt victim to my my own rules and I remember sending him a text after he left and he was very gentlemanly you know and I remember I walked back to the car and I was like oh he was he's really nice and I think I told you about him probably the next day and was like I've Met this guy, and he's so lovely, and he's such a gentleman, and blah, blah, blah. And then the next time he came to my house, he was all the week, he'd been sick, so he couldn't meet me. Then he was said, Oh, my daughter has COVID, and I need to get out of my house. And I'm being, I'm a very nurturing kind of person. And so I was like, oh, come here if you're sick. You know, it's horrible being sick on your own. I mean, oh, my goodness. I'm so actually embarrassed to even say this. And I hope that my kids never listen to this episode. But, like, I was running around after him. I even, I remember doing, gave him the thing to do his temperature. And he had no temperature because he wasn't really fucking sick. (laughs) And then I was like, I'll run you a bath. He then, obviously, he goes to bed. And I remember sitting in my lounge, watching football, because it was a Saturday, and he was allegedly going to sleep. And I sat really quiet. I had the football turned down, and you know me and my football. Then I I really quietly went into the bedroom, and he sat up in bed on his phone doing whatever, clearly not sick. And then was like, oh, I just woke up. And I said, well, I've been sat out there watching football because I thought you were sleeping. And he was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I just woke up. And 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 then what was for dinner? Like, and I, oh, I my cooked goodness. dinner.
1: What's for dinner? What's
0: for dinner? <laughs> and I cooked dinner for him. So he stayed that weekend. When he left, he took the leftover food.
1: He took the doggy back. He
0: took the food. So he got food for the rest of the week because he's sick. And then when I got sick... Oh, I can't come and see you. And again, I got a text and I said, that's so funny because when you were sick, you came in, moved in here and I ran around looking after you. And his response was, well, you seemed really sick and compromised. Well, that's because you weren't sick. And again, it was about, he was trying to see what level of nurturing, what I was prepared to give. And all the time he was like, oh, this is so amazing. And then he was, you know, he wanted to get into business deals that I was doing. And again, people can't pretend to be who they're not for. I mean, some people can, but not right. generally. So bear in mind, he's works, he was a music producer back in the day, and he works in in television, allegedly. allegedly. And I had a celebrity client that needed um, a bodyguard really, really quickly. And I remember him, and I was stressing because the people that this particular client wanted weren't available because they were doing other things. And he said to me, I'll take the job. And I was like, what do you mean you take the job? You're you're a successful businessman. Exactly. Man. You have three companies, you're <laughs> this, you're that. And I said, the reason I'm actually not going to get anyone to do this job is because the client's not paying enough money. And he was like, I'll take it. I'll take. And I was like, no one would take that job for that price. And firstly, you can't do it because you're not licensed and you're not part of Anything that I do, and you couldn't do it, but I was like, "Why would you want to be on the road with somebody
1: and take a really cheap ass job?" That was a warning sign. That one you shouldn't have missed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I well, I kind of, I would already picked up on these, and I was already kind of, and actually, you know, I I'd been talking to the podcast producer Adam about it and saying this is a complete scam, Mm -hmm. but then things became kind of aggressive in the sense that, you know, no one, and I think he was picking up that I knew exactly what was going on. And again, every time I questioned anything he did, he threw it back at me and it was all my fault, but then he was, he would back off and then I would say something to hook him in. And my thing to say to him would be, you know, what are are you interested in this job? Or I have this project, this media project, how about we do it jointly? So I was, Hooking him back in because he couldn't quite work out whether he was going to get something out of me or not, and the the appeal for him was he couldn't give up because he didn't really know, and, right. and obviously like you had him
1: dangling yeah, on the hook. Yeah, I and had him. kept him dangling there once you were onto him. Yeah,
0: but he did then start to say things like, "But if someone ever messes with me, you know, they'll go through a window," and he was kind of making threats to me. Because I think he really knew that I knew. So we were talking in general. We'd spent obviously a lot of conversations. I'd spoken about my personal family things and you know, things that were really personal. Um and there was a client that owed me that owes me money. And we were talking, I was saying, oh yeah. And and he I said, do you know this client this client of mine because he owes me money? And it was in general conversation, and it was because he claimed to be in the industry. And yes, he did know that client. And then um, I said, Yeah, he's he's a prick and he owes me 15 grand. And and it's not it's not about the money, it's about the principle, because I hate doing work for people who then don't pay me when I've worked my ass off. And potentially dangerous. Right. And he then at the end of like the relationship's kind of over. And he then tells me that he's paid five hundred dollars to one of his hitmen to go one and, of his
1: hitmen? One he of his used hitmen that phrase
0: to go and get wow. the money off this client. And I was like
1: off of your client. Off of
0: my client. So I'm like, oh well, if you've done that, you keep the 15 grand, because I'm not interested in it. I was, you know, I told you it's a principal thing. The guy's a, a slug. And um and he, and he, then he's like, Well, I've paid out five hundred, but I haven't got the fifteen grand, so you need to pay me the five hundred. Like, That's well, clever. You shouldn't have paid the five hundred yeah. because the guy hasn't got the money. And then he contacted me again and said, Oh, I mentioned this to this really bad guy, whose name I'm not going to mention on here because he is a bad guy and he might come and finish me off. But um, and he said, I mentioned that again, and he's gone and got the money, and I think he's stolen it. And no one steals off me, so can you find out if the client's paid this 15 grand? And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with
1: it. It was a passing comment. And he's like, Well, you need to pay this 500 dollars to me. I'm like, well, what, I would love to know what he thought you were going to say. Hey, by the way, when I sent that hitman. Did you pay him $15,000 because I think he might've stolen it. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and I'm
0: like, really? So you now want me to give you five? That guy's got balls. I he has that. got a lot of balls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now when I'm sitting here talking about it, I mean, we're laughing and we're joking, but it's serious shit because if he is what I think he is, then it's, it becomes a dangerous situation because I invited him to my house. Now, not because I invited him to my house on the first time I met him, because we had a a month, six weeks relationship. Um, So he would have come to my house at some point. Interestingly, never could go to his house. And that was one of the first things I said. Like, for me, I want to go to my partner's house. It's not just a one-way street. And he would never tell me where he was. And one day I was with him and I was like, And he told me he got this big five bedroom house, but his son had got problems and had had to move in with his kids. So there was always an excuse. And so he was sat opposite me and I said, you never gave me your home address. What is it? So he sends me an address and said, don't ever tell anyone. I'm not going to tell anyone. He's like, yeah, because don't ever tell anyone because of his reputation. When I Googled the address, there was no, there was no house number. There was a street. That he'd given, but there was no house number, so with he the already house. had
1: it ready. I mean, he had the lie ready. That's the crazy thing, you know.
0: You know, when he was making phone calls, and I would see him text, and then his phone would ring, and he was like, Oh, yeah, I'm with my girl, Nina. Yeah, she's so cool. And then when he was trying to get money out of me, he was like, Oh, I'll, I'll have to get it from my friend. And he has a conversation with a friend, and then he's like, Oh, it's cool, she gave me the money. So I'm like, Oh, that's nice. Two hours later, the call comes through and he's like, oh, no, you're kidding. Really? Oh, well, it is what it is. Puts the phone down and was like, shit, now I'm in the shit because she can't give me the money now. She's this super famous person with her own reality shows uh, and she couldn't find 5,000. or she couldn't give it me for two weeks. So maybe if you could give it me now. I mean, every single thing was strategic. Yeah, The one thing that I want to say now, and, I, you know, thank you for – talking about this and it's it's something that we do talk about a lot more thankfully but if we can do some awareness about safety how to behave what to look out for and bring him down then that's my little piece of satisfaction and my last six weeks won't be wasted To this day, Sam still contacts me for what he claims to be potential business opportunities. I've never confronted him directly, but always give him just enough hope to keep his interest. Until the day I'm able to build enough of a case to stop him, at least I can draw his attention from victimizing other less suspecting women. Stay tuned as this is an ongoing investigation. Until next time, I'm Nina Hobson. And this has been Codename Siren.